0: Welcome to the Truesight podcast by Oracle's Elixir, your source for in-depth analytical coverage of professional League of Legends and the rest of the esports world. I'm Tim Magic Seven Sevenhusen. Today we're talking to LCS caster Julian Pastrytime Carr. How's it going, Pastry? It's great. How are you, Tim? I'm doing very well. Uh, it's been a, a huge week. Uh, A lot of things happen right at the end of the competitive season, right before free agency. Obviously, free agency is is a huge thing. You know, Monday, everything opened. We had a ton of news flood in. Official announcements have been trickling out after that. But before any of that happened, the, the previous week, one of the most exciting events of the year in North America, the Honda Scouting Grounds, which has been happening annually since 2016. You were casting part of it. I was covering it really closely in in, in partnership with uh, Mobilytics who is the analytical partner uh, for the event and has been for a couple of years now. Uh, and you and I collaborated on uh, part of that mobilelytics project, which was uh, a set of power rankings. We each came up with our own power rankings for the 20 participating players. And then uh, the mobilelytics and they did some uh, some analytical like statistical rankings as well. We kind of put all those together. Uh, if anybody hasn't didn't check those out before, the event uh there will be a link in the show notes after and, and it was it was a lot of fun from my end uh, we came up with some very different rankings from each other which is i think natural for you know these players a lot of them are kind of hard to scout um but that that made it really interesting to compare it and you know I, i'm looking forward to kind of talking through those with you both what we thought before what we thought after going through a lot of the scouting grounds event so uh really happy to, to have you on the show and to 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 talk through that uh what were your impressions of the event overall as somebody who kind of like prepped going into it? And, and you've always kind of been into that kind of academy level, amateur level side of the of the NA scene. How did, how did you feel about this year's scouting Grounds event?
1: Um, it's really cool. I think it's very different to last year, obviously, because we got to be in person last year. Like we had the most amount of interaction with the players and the coaches and the staff that were all there, which was kind of a first. Like we you didn't really get to watch the games in years past, at least not easily. Um, and you just kind of, like, turned up at the end of the week to cast the part that was actually getting broadcast. So getting to be there, talk to the players, uh, like, be there talking to the coaches, watching their games live, hearing their comms was really cool. And so we didn't get that this year, but it was great to see all the games getting broadcast for once. So we kind of got an opportunity to, like, actually watch these players, like play their games and develop and like do all the things that the event's supposed to do which i think the end of the event while a really cool celebration of the whole week isn't really indicative of what's actually been happening so it was a understandably uh diminished experience in some ways because there's a global pandemic still that exists but i think as far as coverage and like total public exposure to the event it's probably the coolest addition uh, we've ever done
0: yeah, it is really interesting because, like you said, there was there were a lot of the COVID restrictions, like uh, with everybody playing remotely, and that did cause some some tech issues this time. Uh, some some players having connection issues and, and things like that that had to be worked around. But it seems like you know there there have been incremental improvements to the overall format and the presentation of the event. And I think there's still a long ways to go to make this event the best it can possibly be, especially in terms of like you know getting it out there in front of as many people, getting them excited about it and watching and so on. But I think yeah, like you said, the the having the amateur scene casters come in and cast a lot of the games up until the finals day, that was a huge improvement to the experience. Even though you know that was when we saw a lot of the, I think those first few games is when the the player connection issues were, you know, first coming up and they were trying to figure out how are we going to deal with this, what's actually happening, all that kind of stuff. So it was it was a little rough at times, but um, but actually being able to see them uh, and and like you said, like being there in person, I have been to one of the scudding grounds events in the past in person and being able to hang out in the room with the coaches and watching a little bit and kind of hearing the comms on that was great. Uh, this year, there were some opportunities uh, again through, through kind of the mobile partnership. I was able to be kind of virtually behind the scenes in some of the stuff and, and listening to the comms and some of the teams and observing. And I think, so I had a little bit of that experience, but it's still, it's not the same as being there in person. I think uh, having the kind of the personal interactions with the players that that was why, uh, being able to interview some of them, which I did during the during the show and, and have an opportunity later in this episode to, to hear some of those interviews with the players, was it was really cool because you get to kind of meet some of these kids and see hey, who are they and, and what are they aspiring to and, you know, how how well are they handling the pressure of all the event. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was really great. I think there are lots of opportunities that it's, uh, it's going to keep getting better. And what I thought was awesome about this year especially was just the crop of talent that came in. Uh, we've had some good years in the past. Uh, we've also had some years that felt a little more down, and you know, it was a little harder to get excited about all twenty players. But but this year really felt like they some of the the format changes they made in terms of qualifying and who was eligible to come and who wasn't eligible to come. Uh, it led to a really strong set of players. Um, who was really catching your eye the most
1: coming in? So coming in. I was definitely excited about top Lane and Support. Those, to me, seem to either have some of the most attractive players attending, or Support was just really stacked this year, actually, which was kind of wild. Like, three pretty well-known players who are in that scene, plus someone I hadn't heard of but was excited about in uh, blocks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Niles and Tony Top were, like, the marquee players. Like, I'm a huge Niles fan, and... I'll probably keep talking about him, especially if he continues his career in either Academy or LCS, depending on how his 2021 pans out. But uh, he and Tony Top were both very exciting prospects this year. And I was definitely looking at both of those to see how they would perform this event. And I think despite results not looking as good, especially like for where Niles and his team ended up, I think he individually still showcased like why he's a very promising player.
0: Yeah, it, it was really interesting because from my side, you know, I think you could look at the the pool of players who came in, especially, you know, with the supports and having names that we've seen before, you know, having seen Otto before, you know, he roll swapped from bot lane to support to, to come into this event, having seen Joey before, having seen Shady before, and, and you can kind of get excited about, oh, these guys are still around and, you know, they're, they're trying to improve. Uh, on my end, the, the part that got me really excited was all the people I'd never heard of before because I hadn't been, up until starting to prep for this event, I hadn't been really deep in the amateur scene. So getting to see players like Tomio, who came pretty much straight out of solo queue and had like a two-week stint on an amateur team, I'm pretty sure that's that's about it. Uh, people like like Spawn and, and Rosethorn and, uh, and Yunbi and, and names like this that I knew almost nothing about and I had to go and try to learn about them. And that's the part that got me really excited, but not necessarily knowing how good these guys are going to be. Uh, and then there was the other, the other players where... They had been playing a lot in amateur uh, and there was a good opportunity to, to watch some VODs on them and see how good they are. And I think the amateur scene, um, you know, th- there's a lot of structural change going into next year. But even without that, I think the amateur scene is starting to produce some really good talent this year where you kind of throughout the year. Like, like I was saying earlier, it seems like you do keep a pretty close eye out of all the LCS casters. You keep a closer eye on kind of that academy and, and below academy level. Do you watch that throughout the year do you watch amateur at all is it something you kind of come into scouting grounds and and start to catch up
1: yeah i definitely had to play catch up for amateur at least obviously i've watched lots of academy but uh for amateur it's something i've been keeping my eye on but actually a big shout out to an iberia and tj from that scene who uh, helped me with some of my prep just when i was like hey these are the players that are attending scouting grounds i know about a lot of them but if you have insight you want to add because you're more directly involved in these players, then I'd love to hear it and share it. So some of my opinion was informed by things I'd gotten from the casters in that scene, Mm -hmm. but I'm paying more attention as orgs, like, delve in a little bit further and develop their teams. And a lot of the names, like, are people that have been around for quite a while. So it was, as I did prep and looked through, okay, what were the results for the qualifier leading in Fest Guiding Grounds? Which of these players do I know? Who am I hearing about Uh, just from hearing people talk? Or which orgs have brought on what players it was? Something that like I'm excited to get give more exposure, I guess, to next year when people probably, hopefully, watch Proving Grounds and yeah. see more of the amateur players integrated into the Academy ecosystem. So uh, while I do keep it obviously close eye on Academy, amateur is something I'm excited to watch more of. It's just for this event specifically, I definitely had to play Catch up. Yeah, for sure uh and,
0: and yeah it was, it was pretty similar on my end uh, I, i'm i'm looking forward to all the format changes for next year with kind of the all the tournament uh cycle going into the big proving grounds event i think it's going to be awesome to see the amateur level players interacting with the academy teams and seeing you know it's a great opportunity for players at that kind of tier three or, or amateur level to to show maybe they can beat some amateur or some academy teams and and catch people's eye that way and, and have a little more opportunity uh, going into the the actual set of players who were attending, and, and if we go to the power rankings we both did, uh, like I said before, we did have some some points where we definitely disagreed on things. Um, maybe we can just kind of take a look at, we won't go through the full rankings of 20 for each of us, but um, the top five you picked, uh, if I scroll through this, so your number one mm-hmm. is APA. Yep. Uh, your number two was Niles. We, we both agreed on the no- number two for Niles. Your number three was Tony Top, and like you already mentioned, you were really excited about kind of those top laners. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, they're they're sorted on the site in the averaged order of uh, both of our rankings. Yeah, and hang I've the, got the, the mobile Your number four was uh, NXI, Nxi and
1: Shady. were my next two to round out Shady. my top five? Half awesome.
0: list. <laughs> so we've talked about a couple of those, and we talked about the supports and so on. Uh, players like Nxi and and, and Yunbi, what what jumped out to you about those guys?
1: So, Yanbi actually was. Sorry, not uh, Yanbi. Oh, not Yanbi. So, it's funny. I was going to put Niles as my number one pick, but when I heard about APA and how he played, I was like, man, this guy seems so good on his style of champions. And if he's that smart as a player, like, he just feels like a player that doesn't take very much pushing to make into, like, a very, very strong player. Because a lot of the time with younger players, you're having to teach them, like, the game and the map and like how all that stuff works and if he's already quite a cerebral player i figured this was a person that could adapt very easily to just be like hey play Cinder now instead of a he's like you got it i know how to play that um and i also thought about how strong midland had been in past years so i actually just gave him a bump based on his role um sure. over nile so i was originally going to put as number one uh APA did not pan out as much as much as I hoped, unfortunately, and actually got the spotlight stolen by the other mid laners. But I still think definitely a player to, to be excited for, especially as he refines his play in his champion pool. Because again, like he has a very rare quality for a mid laner, especially a young mid laner. And given that he's still got quite a long time to go in his career, I think he's a player that should be able to break through at least into Academy in presumably short order.
0: Yeah, he definitely didn't have the strongest showing of the players there. I think, you know, kind of relative to expectations, a little bit. He, uh, you know, he, he was having some of those connection issues. Um, right. He was working through some stuff, fighting against some things. And I, you know, I, I hope that didn't affect him too much, but it may have. Um, I think that's definitely the type of player that you, you want to say, okay, like, let's spend some more time in the tier three scene. Let's show that you can round out that champion pool a little more. Let's show that you can dominate some more. And if you can beat some academy mids in that tournament and win a round or two, you know, that, that'll that help you. The, that's the thing about the Scouting Grounds event is it's such a it's a capstone event of the year, but it's not... If the pro teams don't already know something about you going in, um, you know, they probably should. This this one event in this one week shouldn't be making up their mind about you overall as a player. It might help inform that quite a bit. But, you know, with, with someone like APA, you hope that, that a, a slightly subpar showing at Scouting Grounds doesn't completely... You know write his story from then onwards what about nxi so we we both i think felt quite highly about him coming in and we're, and we're validated <laughs> on that he ended up being the uh the mvp of the event
1: yeah um he got the bump let's call it right and uh this is where we should probably just credit and i wrote about this in the power rankings actually where uh we just need to start giving orgs other than cloud9 credit for their talent development now granted mm-hmm. cloud9 deserve all the praise in the world for what they've done over the past few years and like how much talent they've brought into the scenes and I'm sure that will continue next year with the academy and amateur ecosystems merging a little bit more. Yeah. Um so hats off to Cloud 9 been a big fan for ages as well, uh, for what they're Nine doing academy in the scene is
0: shaping up real strong for next year.
1: <laughs> yeah, right? Like this is they just keep they don't miss and that's a very impressive thing for such a storied organization. So Cloud 9 big claps as always but uh, I think both 100 Thieves, especially 100 Thieves Next and Academies so the work that Kelsey is doing, and Golden Guardians also deserve a lot of credit for what they're doing development-wise. And uh, 100 Thieves Next just, like, cannot stop producing talented players, it seems like. So like it was kind of a thing where Kenvi was just so good that, like, and, and NXI apparently just played exactly the same way. But I was like, yeah, this guy's amazing. Like, if he's, if he's half as good as what we've seen from Kenvi already, then, like, He's gonna mm-hmm. dominate this event, and that's kind of what happened. So, in some ways, he got the hundred next bump, but he definitely deserved it.
0: Yeah, and I'd say, like, from a little more behind the scenes view, something that really impressed me with NXI, like watching him in the Scouting Ground Circuit as I was kind of prepping for the power rankings, and I, I did end up ranking him uh, quite. Did I put him number one overall? I did. I ranked him number one overall coming in, uh, and so like, like. From just like the the observer perspective, I, I saw a lot of this really high aggression and mechanical play and those kinds of things and and I am tend I tend to be biased towards the player who's willing to pull the trigger a lot and has to be taught to pull back rather than the opposite somebody who has to be taught kind of that the the phrase I've I've had used with me is a killer instinct um, I think it's easier to teach reserve than it is to teach killer instinct and so that that helped me well with N X I. Uh, but what I saw, especially during the event and being able to kind of listen in to comms and things like that is is I really appreciated how much he's actively thinking and communicating about the game and being able to say, like, I think one of the really important things for a jungler is being able to say, okay, the next thing I'm going to do is clear clear top to mid look for a gank and if it's not there i'm going to reset or whatever like like you don't have to go through all the fine details but giving your players uh, giving your teammates an idea of hey my next 45 seconds looks something like this uh just in case you know because they've got to be focused really hard on what they're doing they can't be watching the mini map and trying to guess what path you're going to take and all that kind of stuff and not all junglers are good at that at that uh at that level and he really seemed like he was really thinking actively, what does my team need me to do? What information do they need from me? Stuff like that. So both kind of the the what you could see from the outward view and also from the kind of the behind-the-scenes view was really impressive to me about NXI. Uh, I thought he was a very well-deserved MVP of the event. Um, I think it was pretty clear going through the event, if his team won the thing, it was going to be him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we all That's looked kind at of the team bad. Infernal <laughs> and saw how well they were doing overall and thought, okay, it could be just about any of those guys, right? Um, but his team, Team Ocean, came in and he was... He was the engine of that team for sure. Uh, what did you, what did you think of the guys on on Infernal? Because they did really well in the team overall. So the the lineup there was Tony Top, Tomio, Copy. Was it Shoryu and Shady? I think.
1: Or yes, you... it was. Yeah. Um, that lineup seems like pretty stacked for this event, mm-hmm. and it, it showed in the the week leading up. Um, I feel like when I was watching their final play out they just kind of lost track of like what they needed to do like individually they're obviously very talented and i feel like they got a lot of leads that way but they weren't nearly as coordinated as ocean which is wild for again like these are both pickup teams this week right they had barely any time to play together and played league of legends all day for multiple days on end leading into the final broadcast day so it just felt like the individual talent was there but they couldn't stitch like any sort of mid game together at all especially mid to late my goodness it was just it was rough out there um but you know the camper tony plan was pretty good (laughs) and uh i'm sure that plan's gonna come up again (laughs) when we see tony
0: yeah whatever team you're playing for i think that's how you get the most out of tony top is uh uh give him the counter pick give him the lane pressure and let him do his thing a little bit of a broken blade kind of a player that way. And I'm pretty sure uh, that's the player. Like for some of these players, we I ended up picking like comparables uh, in case we did infographics on them. We put that on there and I'm pretty sure I picked broken blade as a comparable for him. It seems very apt.
1: Uh, It's a good one. Yeah.
0: So all five of the players on infernal got drafted. uh, And for those who aren't familiar with the event, so 20 players attend. And at the end of the event, uh, the LCS teams get uh, each get to make one draft pick and they do it in kind of reverse order of the summer finishes. Um, this year, hundred thieves traded their pick away to Golden Guardians mm-hmm. as part of uh, as part of all the other transactions they made this offseason, selling you know four fifth, or three fifths, I guess of the of the Golden Guardians rostered two hundred thieves. Plus, they signed who he had who he had to become a free agent. So, you know, the draft pick was a small part of that package. Uh, all five infernal players went, but the overall draft order. And I'd love to kind of talk through this with you and, and see you know whether you would have done any of this differently. Uh, Immortals yeah, picked first, yeah immortals picked first they took tony top who we've been talking a lot about Mm -hmm. uh clg took yeon at number two dignitas took 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 copy so another member of that team infernal squad uh golden guardians with their first choice took niles who i thought a lot of people especially before the event would have anticipated he'd be like you know maybe the most lcs ready of the players here so i think they probably felt like they got a bit of a steal at number four there evil geniuses number five went with tomio Uh, so the third member of Team Inferno there, uh, Golden Guardians took Yunby with their, uh, the, the number six pick, Cloud9 went with Shady, and Team Liquid with Spawn, FlyQuest with NXI, and TSM with Shoryu.
1: So, yeah, how did
0: you feel paying attention to this draft? I think you were, you were, uh, talking through it. Were you on the show during the draft?
1: I was. I was interviewing all the players. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: right. You are on the interviews. How did you feel about those? Did any of them kind of catch you off guard?
1: I'm surprised how many eighty carries are on this list actually. Maybe yeah. I just don't appreciate like teams one an eighty k. But um, I typically feel like solo lanes get and junglers get valued a lot in scouting grounds. So I was surprised to see so many bot lane players get picked up. Um, but actually, the bot lane is for being mostly a set of unknown players to me, with the exception of Shoryu, actually all played exceptionally well. Even Andy Bendy, who I had basically zero info on. For coming into this event, uh, showed up in a big way. So I thought AD would be kind of overshadowed by how strong and known the supports were at this event. But I actually think all the bot lanes and bot laners played really well, um, and potentially have a spot on at least maybe an academy roster, if not a high-level amateur roster, because yeah. uh, they yeah. all played yeah really really well.
0: I'd say from my perspective, uh, you know, I, I I was almost a little surprised that Andy Benny didn't make it into the top ten. We in, in that short, you fell all the way to ten um and you know when last week we i had prussian on the show and he does a lot of stuff he was actually on the on the analyst desk during the draft uh, at scouting grounds too he's he's really well known in the amateur space as an analyst uh and he and i did a little mock draft and when he and i did it we actually had all four ad carries i I believe go in our draft and i think three junglers and this time around there were three junglers uh yeah and don't have it all written out in front of me but yeah a a lot of jungle a lot of bot lane um yeah it's definitely it's one of those things when you have a lot of info about the players going into the event do you use that to say hey i feel really good about those players or is it the players that you didn't know as much about before who you're more likely to get excited about because suddenly you feel like you're discovering them right you never know which angle these teams are going to take on it
1: yeah especially given like all teams needs are different right like yeah. You could need anyone from I need an uh, amateur player to lead my squad to I need an LCS starter, right? Which are two very different responsibilities for yeah. fresh players. So every team having different needs, maybe like if you have a high draft pick, maybe you're actually just drafting for potentially trade value, right? Because that player could be valuable enough that you could sell them to another team. Um, mm-hmm. But I think the signing period is probably short enough that that wouldn't happen if that player didn't want to play for you. But um, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the it's, other part
0: to this too, right? Because uh, the draft doesn't like lock that player into your org for three years or anything like it would in traditional right. sports. Uh, so, um, you know, you you what you end up with is a, a 10-day exclusive negotiation period with the player. Uh, and uh, so that, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to sign with you. And in fact, we've seen several of these players already have, have been on Twitter saying, hey, you know, we talked and they're not going to sign me. We waived the negotiation period. So I'm a free agent again, technically. Yep. So Within that, like 24 you know, hours,
1: too. two or three players I've seen went now free agents. Yeah. And so, you know, and, and
0: that can happen, you know, maybe someone like immortals drafts Tony top and talks to him and, and goes, okay, he doesn't, you know, he wants to take a shot at like, maybe immortals wanted to put him on their tier three team and see if he could play his way into Academy and he couldn't, And he was like, no, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure that another org will give me a shot straight into Academy and I'd rather go for that. And so they're right away. They're like, okay, we're on a different page here. Yeah. Maybe the org just wants to like give the player something to feel good about. (laughs) Right. Like we're going to draft you first. Um, we're not going to sign you, but we didn't really feel that we needed to sign anybody right now, but, but Hey, let's like, let's celebrate you who are, who you are. And, and also in other cases, these orgs have had talks with the players already. And some of them they might know aren't going to sign, um, with them and, and and already have you know maybe an expectation somewhere else or an as- aspiration somewhere else, and so they don't end up picking them that way either. Uh, for me, the the big the big surprises in this draft were nxi going nine and Shoryu going ten because nxi was the MVP of the event and I thought you know looked like a really great jungle prospect. I think that's a bit of a steal for Flyquest at nine. Um, and Shoryu, I think when a lot of people that I talked to, it came across as a fairly strong consensus that Shoryu was the best bot laner going into the event, and during the event, I'd say he definitely looked like the best bot laner, you know, if you t- even if you ignore anything ahead of time. Uh, so I'm, I'm pretty surprised that he fell all the way to TSM at, at number 10 there as well.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure we both had Shoryu as the highest ranked AD on our battle list, certainly minded. although I didn't have him maybe as high as he could have been, because again, I definitely had the supports higher in my power rankings. But yeah, Shoyu is like an absolute wizard. He's really good, and it's one of those things where I'm surprised he's still in like in amateur. But I think that's a testament to the growing strength of the whole ecosystem in North America, where like academy level players are having to play down a tier, let's say, just because there's so many good players. Um, But he seemed to be someone that was is like obviously very. Uh, hungry to compete at you know a higher level again at Academy, and then I'm sure eventually LCS because I don't know why else you'd become a pro player if that wasn't your ultimate goal. Yeah, um part of me with Shoyu feels like there's maybe some like, oh, we've like seen this player before we've worked with him. We've seen him play in academy already. like not that interesting, right? Like he's a known quantity. And I think for a lot of the more veteran players, especially that attend this event, that's the label that gets slapped on them quite often whether fairly or unfairly. Um, so I think maybe that's part of why he fell down so low, because teams maybe wanted to take a chance on a player they didn't know as much about or that they talked to and felt like they could mold into a certain type of player, depending on, again, what they wanted uh, the player for. Uh, NXI getting dropped that low is criminal, though. That was so surprising, because <laughs> we knew he was the MVP, obviously, like we were setting that up, uh, you know, I think maybe even before we started the draft itself. Um, and we were, like, worried that he wasn't going to get drafted yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> before yeah, be the MVP interview. Like, hey, how you feeling? Nobody uh-huh. picked you, but you're the best player at the event. <laughs> but thankfully, uh, he did get picked up. But I was very surprised to see, uh, I mean, even though I think Tomy is really good. And actually, probably the player that surprised me the most at this event, I'm shocked he wasn't drafted at least top five like i could see you wanting one of the two top laners. i could see you wanting a you know maybe a solo laner. but i, I ninth is again i think i agree with you in that yeah. flag was got to steal because that's that's criminal
0: yeah well and i did bring i brought up uh nx one of the players that that i interviewed actually and i brought up with him that uh that another ninth uh number nine draft pick jungler was blabber actually, in his yeah. Steading grand's year. So uh, he wasn't aware of the parallel, but now he's got a lot to live up to. <laughs> and we'll, we'll see what happens. Whether he signs a FlyQuest, waits that out, and goes somewhere else, I, I think we're going to be seeing a lot more of him. Uh, even if he has to play his way up from Tier 3 into Academy, I think we're going to be hearing his name a lot.
1: Look, If he's on 100 Thieves next, it doesn't take long, all right? They speed speedrun players into the leagues. <laughs> Let me tell you, they've had so many people move through LCS and Academy. So yeah, NXA has got a bright future for sure. Also, I... I did go through all the old drafts and was very surprised to see Blubber drafted that low. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, but... it's
0: all, and it's so easy in retrospect, right? To go, oh, how could they not see it? And maybe, maybe right. some of them did see it. Maybe people kind of knew, hey, maybe Cloud9 right. had talked to him before the event and said, hey, we'd love to sign you next year. Uh, and so other people kind of were scared off of him for that. I don't know. There could have been a lot of context behind it. But uh, either way, you know, the, the place you go in the draft, uh, <laughs> in traditional sports too, you get, some really late round draft picks who end up having great careers and guys who go undrafted and stuff like that. So it doesn't define you. And even, you know, the 10 players who didn't get drafted at this event, we could definitely be seeing a lot of them in the future. And with the format changes to uh, Academy and amateur, we definitely will be having more opportunity to see all of them. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, Looking forward to kind of watching all that next year and having a closer eye on it. So now we're going to go for a quick change of pace, and I'm going to play back some uh, interviews. We've got five interviews with different players who were involved with Scouting Grounds, uh, and I'm just going to play those through back-to-back as an exclusive uh, bit of extra content for the audio version. Uh, It is possible to watch the show on YouTube as well, but we're doing this uh, uh, exclusively for the audio version of this show. So enjoy the interviews, and we're going to start by talking to the MVP, NXI. Hey, I'm here with uh, NXI, the jungler of Team Ocean, who just won Scouting Grounds, and earned the mvp honors for the event thanks for joining me nxi
2: hey how you doing
0: so how how does it feel i mean it's the the most generic mundane quest you can start but when somebody has just achieved all of this uh at the end of such a, a big week you know how does it feel to, to take down that mvp trophy and get another dragon <laughs> in your room
2: um <laughs> uh i think i mean obviously like if, if it was amazing just like it's been a bit, very hectic week with a lot of games everybody's been super busy and I'm just glad that, like, my w- hard work this week paid off. Uh, getting MVP is great, but I don't want to, like, get ahead of myself because uh, I, d- I don't want to get complacent. I want to keep working hard so I can be where I want to be in the future. Did you but,
0: expect to be able to to achieve this much? Like, when you came into the event, would you have guessed ahead of time that, that you know, you you'd finish so high that you'd win the event, that you'd be seen as, you know, the actual best player throughout the entire thing?
2: Um, I mean, walking in, I just, I was a little nervous because I still didn't have that much competitive experience. So I I didn't know how like working with, you know, random people that I never worked with in a team environment would be like, because the people at 100X were like amazing people. So I was just like, you know, maybe some people have like attitude issues or something. So I was really scared of that. But working throughout the week, I was just, um... Wait, I'm sorry, can you repeat the question?
0: Yeah, I no, was just, just wondering whether whether what you achieved this week kind of was beyond your expectations or whether it's something you, you kind of thought you'd be able to achieve.
2: Oh, uh, well, midway through the week, I think I realized that Team Ocean would win because we were trolling a lot of our games for fun and we were still winning some and others were like close, so that was a surprise to me. And I shout out to the Team Ocean guys because, you know, they're amazing people. But MVP, I, <laughs> I, I didn't expect MVP because... Uh, I don't know I, I i was like really panicked when i didn't have a good game because i had thought like you know the public would perceive that as like like really badly so i was just really nervous every time i didn't play well so just seeing that i made mvp made me really happy and just proud of myself in this moment
0: yeah you have a lot to be proud of if, if you took yourself off the list for mvp who would you have voted for as the mvp of this one
2: um the mvp of the whole tournament Uh, i mean i have to give it to probably my boy yunbi in team ocean like honestly yunbi's always just such a positive person to be around you know really funny guy super uplifting you know he could be a little troll sometimes but you know (laughs) we had a lot of fun throughout the whole tournament so it took away like those serious vibes and like the pressure to win but you know when it was time to step up like today like yunbi really really stepped up he played really well and honestly carried us in the series if i were to say so
0: yeah i think that ability to kind of lighten a mood and uh, dispel some tension and things like that is, is something very valuable that you don't see you know you can't from somebody just watching from the outside or watching the the broadcast there's no way you can know any of that or see who's doing it but uh knowing that somebody is capable of that is a big deal and you know just communication in general uh you know you're your ability to, to speak to your teammates, communicate with them, how much is that something you think is a strength or something you're still working on for, for yourself?
2: <clears throat> uh, I think I can communicate pretty well. I think at times I can be a little too loud <laughs> and like uh, overshadowing over my teammates. But I think if I'm very comfortable around a set group, group of people, and, and I think that walking into amateur LCS, I will prioritize friendships, you know, like just bonding with the person first and making sure they're comfortable around me. So when it comes time for like review, nobody's like uncomfortable. Everybody's open to speak their mind and nobody feels like they're getting quote unquote like flamed or anything when people point out their bad mistakes when it's just like, no, like we're a team, you know, like we're just all trying to get better. So yeah. yeah I, sure. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm like <laughs> blanking out a lot.
0: No, I mean, you, you've had a big day and you, you, were, yeah. you were interviewed on air and all that kind of stuff. So no problem at all. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's something that I think the, the more you play and, and move up the ladder, whether you are playing an amateur or academy next year or whatever it is, not that there's going to be a whole lot of difference between them anymore, but, uh, you know, there's there's going to be more and more of these pressure scenarios. So, um, you know, something that I'm sure everybody kind of learns to deal with more and more at their own pace. Uh, who else, you know, whether it's within your own team or, or players in the other teams, who else at this event kind of really impressed you and stood out? Um,
2: people that stood out, I think... Oh, Rodolph, my own team. Uh Rodolph is insane at like weak side and like his mental is amazing. And for a top laner, I think that's like pretty impressive, right? Like he he yeah. there there was a lot of games where like he had to, you know, play weak side and I hope teams and coaches can see that, but he, he soaked up a lot of pressure, you know, did his job, didn't int too much, and just was just like a rock basically the whole tournament. Like you couldn't tilt this guy no matter what happened. So really shout out to Rodov because I understand how it feels like to just always play from behind and trust in your team. So it, shout out to yeah, Rodov.
0: Yeah, definitely. Was there anyone from, from other teams that stood up?
2: Um, from other teams, I was pretty surprised by like, well, Copy. I think Copy played pretty well, but I think that's a little bit biased and like a boring <laughs> answer. So... um
0: Yeah, somebody you weren't on a team with.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. I think Tomio played, like, great, you know? Like, I think straight out of solo queue, it's hard to adjust to competitive sometimes. And I think Tomio really stepped up and, you know, like, adjusted to the competitive environment really well. And I think for a jungler, it's probably the hardest, right, to come from solo queue to competitive. In terms of role, anyways, I think jungle is probably the hardest. So, you know, I think Tomio played pretty well. Yeah, so shout out to him.
0: Yeah, definitely a role that has to be talking to everybody else on the team at all times about what's going to be happening next, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I agree with that. Uh, yep. So you were you were drafted ninth just now by FlyQuest. <clears throat> uh, has it occurred to you, or did you realize that uh, a few years ago the ninth pick, which was a jungler, was Cloud9 taking Blabber?
2: Uh, I, I did not know that. No.
0: <laughs> so so what do you think? Uh, you know, are we going to see any more parallels there? <laughs> That I mean a that's prediction. where are you that's, gonna be in three years.
2: That's a pretty high uh you know, that's pretty high expectations to just start off my career with. I mean hopefully, you know, like one day I'll be as good as Blabber. Uh, but for now, I I think I just wanna, you know, stay humble and like not get complacent. I think I've already stated, like I, I really want to just focus on the now and what I can do to improve myself as a player right now. Because I think if you get ahead of yourself and, like, you grow out this ego and confidence, it's really going to bite you in the ass. I I'll, I don't know if I can curse. I'm sorry. No worries. Yeah, but um, just... I, I think e- even, like, you know, a lot of people have told me, like, I have all this, like, traction and stuff and all this hype around me, but I don't want to let it get to my head because it's just, like, I do still have a long way to go and I don't want to, you know, be delusional and think I'm the best already or whatever. Like, Academy's going to be, like, a different scene, uh, like a, a whole different tournament, you know. Players are going to be better, more organized. So, hopefully, I make a good uh, showing for myself in academy and you know, on to LCS next. Hopefully,
0: yeah, that'd be awesome to see. Uh, and definitely hope you can achieve that. I'm looking forward to. Watch you <clears> compete <throat> next year um, in in amateur, in academy, uh, wherever you're landing, and w- with whichever organization. Whether you sign a FlyQuest or kind of test the market mm-hmm. beyond that, good luck in, in making that decision. Uh, mm-hmm. Hope you get a good offer to <laughs> to to judge on. And uh, looking forward, yeah, to to watching you play.
2: Thank you so much, man.
0: I'm here with uh, with Niles, the top leaner of Team Cloud at, at Scouting Grounds. Niles, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So uh, how are you feeling about about your performance, your team's performance overall? You guys uh, managed to finish in, in, in third place um, in, in, on the final day. You know, How do you think you played?
3: Uh, I think I played really well. Um, team Cloud, we definitely had a rough start, especially the first few scrims and first few matches that we had. Uh, we had a lot of problems that needed fixing, but um, I would say that we were the most improved team over the course of the SkyGround circuit. Um, towards the end, we were really... Uh, dominating in our games versus ocean and uh, mountain, but um, at the beginning it was it was tough versus all teams. But I'd say that we were the most improved. So I'm happy with my individual performance.
0: Yeah, and it's definitely something in an event like this where everybody kind of gets thrown together and mixed in random teams. People you haven't you know necessarily ever played before. It, I think that it is that ability to improve and and uh, take in feedback and actually incorporate it that that really means something about you as a player. What kind of uh, feedback or or kind of guidance were you getting from the LCS coaching staff you were working with, and, and how was that kind of maybe compared to coaching staff you worked with in the past?
3: Um, I think that a lot of the criticisms that we got from the uh, TSM and C9 coaching staff centered around tempo and how we use our advantages to. Um, get control of certain quadrants of the map that we want to, depending on what objective we're playing for. Um, it was pretty new to me, a lot of the concepts that they were talking about uh, I'd never heard before. Um, yeah, mostly things around tempo and uh, pushing waves at the right time. So uh,
0: your, your performance throughout the year you know, had a lot of people with their eyes on you, uh, and I'd say that, that you're one of the names that gets talked about a lot at kind of the, the amateur and collegiate level. How much do you think that, that kind of affects you coming to an event like this? Is it something that you are used to dealing with or does it you know, does it get into your head at all?
3: Oh, no, I, I wouldn't say that it gets into my head at all just because, um, I don't know, I think that if you're nervous or anything, it just hinders your performance. Um, so I try not to think about it too much and just play the game as, as best as I can and, yeah, just do what I know I can do.
0: When you were uh, playing in the collegiate system with Maryville, um, you know, obviously you're kind of splitting your time between what you're doing in league and what you're doing at, at school. Did that affect your play at all? Do you think, uh, it, you know, I, I think you're pretty close to, from what I've heard, you're pretty close to graduating. Is that going to uh, change the amount of time you're able to invest? And do you think it'll make a difference in,
3: in how well you perform? Um, I think that actually school has been uh, a, a bit of a help in terms of, you um, how much I enjoy League and and how much of the time that I put into League is actually productive. I think that when you are pursuing something else and you don't have 100% of your time dedicated to something, the time that you do dedicate to it is more meaningful and you're more focused for that. So um, I think that pursuing my degree has definitely, um, it's made me enjoy a lot more when I am um, playing League or with my team or anything like that. I, I wouldn't say it's been too much of a hindrance. I think. I think, yeah, I think it's been it's been good for me, actually.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you know you're you're setting up for uh, moving into a situation where you're going to be a lot more full time into it, and you're going to have to find other ways to maintain that balance. So best of luck figuring that out. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, I'm going to ask you to pick one player from your own team and one player from the other three teams, uh, not each of them, just one overall uh, that impressed you the most of this event.
3: Gotcha. For my team, it would definitely be uh, uh, Captain Shrimps. I think that he has been really, really insane, like uh, just mechanically, and also his ability to play everything. Um, one thing that I learned really early on is that if I pick a champion and I need him to take it mid, he's always willing to do it. Um, I remember one game we were playing versus Ocean, and I I play I pick GP, which is one of my favorite champions, and they counter kind of pick with Rumble. Um, and, and he was like, I'll take it minute if you, if you need me to. I said, sure, bro, I'll take it. Um, so I was really impressed with, um, uh, he, me and him worked really well together. And from another team, Ooh, that is a good question. Um, I was, I already knew what to expect from a shady, especially. I think he played really, really well, but I, have already been on a team with him. So I knew what to expect, but, um, I think NXI has always been a, a consistent performer. Um, I think yeah, I was really impressed with how, how he played as well. I think I think he did a really great job as well.
0: Awesome. So at the end of the event, one of the things that's really exciting, probably more exciting for the fans than, than for anybody else, but is the, is the draft, which is a lot of fun. So you were taken fourth overall by Golden Guardians, who actually bought that draft spot off of 100 Thieves uh, in order to make that pick. And so they ended up with two picks. Uh, how excited are you to, to potentially play in the Golden Guardians organization?
3: Yeah, so um, ever since Anero started setting up the in-houses in North America, I, I was playing in them, and that's kind of the first contact I had with him about uh, a little over a year ago. And um, ever since then, he's, he's been someone that I've always looked up to in terms of just respecting the way that he um, does things, and he's always vested in the game, even in, in the off season. So I really appreciate that from him. Um, so Yeah, I, I really like the everything that they're doing over at Golden Guardians, so I'm really excited to... A potentially sign with them
0: what do you think it might be like playing with with yunbi who they ended up picking at, at the sixth sixth spot and you you think you know assuming that he signs with them you sign with him you guys might make the core of, a, of an academy team uh, have you do you know much about him have you played with him before
3: yeah i, I love yunbi actually um we played in solo queue a lot um sometimes on comm sometimes not but we played in some of the uh early in-house games at the at the scouting ground circuit as well and i always enjoy playing with him because he's a really lighthearted guy. Um, so uh, I, I do well with people like that. Where if something goes wrong in the game, you know, you just move on to the next one and you keep a a good mindset in the game. So I, I think he's a really great player, and uh, I enjoy playing with him.
0: Cool. So uh, another one, just just for the fun of it, were you aware that you were the number one overall power ranked player coming into the event based on the uh, the Mobalytics power rankings?
3: I I did see that. Yeah, I, I saw that on my. Um, I had that shared with me. Yeah. <laughs>
0: How did you feel about uh, how, there was actually to, a little bit of very minor drama about some of the things that were written about you there. Um, you know referencing player age and things like that is something that is that something you really have an opinion about? Do you let it affect you at all?
3: Um, I think that uh, I think it's something that's over talked about. I think. I think that it's something to consider, but I think people put too much of an importance on it. I think the biggest thing is just your motivation. Uh, where you are at your life and, and, and what you see yourself doing. I think uh, a lot of players who are older that sometimes age is a contributing factor, it might be because they see themselves doing something else in a year or two and they want to go a different direction with their life, so they may not be as motivated. Um, so it, I think it's a, a, a contributing factor, but not a, um, what's the right word? It may be a, a contributor, but not the end-all, not a be-all, right? Yeah, yeah determiner, right. Um, that's my opinion on it.
0: Yeah, I completely agree I think, you know, most of the time if you get a player who's getting into say their mid 20s or whatever, they're just at a different a life stage. It's not because of the their age. It's not because of their physical age, it's because of sometimes kind of yeah, just just where they're at in life, what they want to be doing and you if you get somebody who's 24, or 26, even 28 who is just as committed and intentional about what they want to do as a 19-year-old, you know, I don't think the age is actually the thing that makes a difference there, but uh right. When you look ahead to 2021 and beyond, that what are your personal goals? Where would you like to end up one year from now?
3: Um, going into so already going into 2021, my first goal is just to be the um, best top planner in North America. Um, that's my goal. I think I'm already better than the majority of academy tops. So um, just to be the best uh, top planner in North America, that's uh, that's that's my goal so far.
0: Awesome. Well. Best of luck with achieving that. Uh, you know whether you end up playing with Golden Guardians or somewhere else. Definitely, we'll be excited to to watch you and 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 see how you progress. So, um, good luck with uh with that. Congratulations on what you achieved at Scouting Grounds and, and getting drafted and uh, and yeah, I'll be watching closely.
3: Thank you for the interview. I enjoyed it.
0: Okay, I'm here with the mid laner uh, for Team Ocean who just won the Honda Scouting Grounds event, Yunbi. How are you feeling uh, having won that and, and also being picked in the draft right after? Um, it's actually feeling great because, I mean, I never actually expected to come
4: this far off because um, since I didn't play much last year and I started grinding up this year through the uh, solo queue, just playing to have fun because particularly had nothing to do since COVID-19. But after I got ranked one, I tried to decide to go scouting grounds. Like for the, la- for, uh, like the last chance, because I want to see myself and test my limits, how far I can grind and how do I f- perform in the games. So, I mean, I'm really happy and excited to see how am I going to do in the future.
0: But we'll see how it's going to go. Yeah, for sure. So y- y- you used the phrase last chance. So did you kind of look at this year as, you know, I, I think for-, for some context for people who might not know, you are one of the older players here. Um, you know, you've been around as a player for, for a while, but not necessarily kind of going deep in the amateur system or anything like that. Did Did you kind of look at this year as an opportunity like, hey, I'm going to give it my all, and either I kind of do really well at scudding grounds, maybe get drafted, get signed for academy, and if not, kind of that's it? Like, did you set yourself any ultimatums like that? Yeah, basically. But I
4: at least it's, I think it's better just give myself a chance because... This is not the opportunity that you can easily get it, and it's gonna happen once, once in a life. So I just wanted to see, uh, if it's not gonna work, then it's fine. But then I just wanted to at least to try
0: because trying is fun. So it's a lot like, uh, like an acting career or something like that. Like give it your all, and you know your other your other career might still be around afterwards, or you hope it will be. Uh, I assume you have some kind of a, a plan B or a fallback plan other than the the esports dream?
4: Oh, I graduated the electronic engineering, but then this year I had nothing to do, so I was planning to learning the plumbing okay. and refrigerator. So, I mean, on the next year on the January it starts. If I don't make a scouting grounds, there was a second plan B I was planning for. But then uh if I, I got picked, so I don't have to go to school, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you've, uh, you're you're going to be put into that that uh, that opportunity to kind of pick between them, hopefully. So uh, you you were picked uh, in the draft. Uh, you were selected by Golden Guardians with the sixth overall pick, and they also picked yeah. Niles with the fourth overall pick, which they acquired from Hundred Thieves. Uh, how are you feeling about kind of the opportunity? You you've got kind of a ten day period to decide whether you're going to sign with them. You know, assuming they make you an offer and, and that. Um, you know, so there's a, there's a pretty good chance you could end up playing an academy team with Niles and you know a few a few other players. Uh, is that an idea that seems pretty exciting to you? Yeah, I mean definitely. Um, I think
4: I'm good at being flexible, cause um, so that means if I see individual game play styles, then I can play through their lanes. How depends on how they play, but my it makes me a lot more easier to play through the strong side because especially you don't need to play for skill. You just have to use a, uh, a brain smart enough to just snowball enough. Then they don't even get a chance to come back to the game unless we don't we make the mistakes. So those kind of uh, uh, my thoughts they came across uh, when Niles got picked up during
0: the time. Very cool. So, what would your goals be going into 2021? Um, what would you like to see yourself achieve by the end of, of the next competitive year, assuming that you do sign with, uh, with one of these teams?
4: Um, you mean like. I really in the have thought future? about that much? Yeah.
1: Yeah. For uh, next year.
4: I mean, I. Ov- obviously, I need more experiences to adapt the environment, but I'm. I know myself that if I work hard and I le- actually learn something, I actually don't forget like those kind of stuff. So I can see myself um will improve a lot for uh in the next year. I think.
0: What was it like uh, at this event working with the the coaching staff of all the teams that were working with you? So you were in Team Ocean, that was I believe Team Liquid and CLG coaching staff, correct? Yeah. 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 What 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 kind of things did you learn from those? And was it. A lot different from what you've you've learned from other coaches or other teams.
4: Like um, be honest, they didn't say much. They said just pick the champ that you guys comfy with. They're just giving the idea if that might be a better pick. But w- they gave us the choices, so we're ha- we're actually enjoying playing it, and I think the environment they were giving us a uh, really comfy. So I didn't feel pressure much during the game. I just enjoyed like most of times,
0: I think. pretty much. Cool. And, and, and the teammates you're playing with, was there anybody who really jumped out at you and, and maybe surprised or, or impressed you with how well they, uh, they were able to, you know, you actually won the, the title. So you you had some, some teammates doing really well. Uh, who <laughs> impressed you the most? um i think spawn
4: i think the spawn uh, the cloud team i mm-hmm. think yeah. because um as an adc it's really hard to just farm up and try to come back through the like behind the behind the game because i feel like you have to be really good at the adc to come back the game especially like Went top and mid uh, lane, and then he got just dumpstered, dumpstered, hmm. dumpstered. I don't know how to say, but then I saw him. I then I saw the game stay when he was Ezreal, and he actually pedaled to the bottom, <laughs> bottom to the top, and just got legendary at the end and won the game for for the team. So I was actually impressed how he performed the game.
0: Awesome well very excited to to see what you achieve next uh you know you, i think you had a really great tournament and happy to see you drafted um, so best of luck with uh with the way the next year and the and the rest of your career goes and and uh with wherever life takes you from here the next two interviews are with Rosethorn and Spawn, and these are a little bit of a travel back in time. These both took place midway through the Sky event before all the games had wrapped up. So enjoy these last two interviews, and then we'll get back to some off-season discussion of the LCS with Paster Time. Hey, so I'm here with Rosethorn, the jungler for Team Cloud. How are you doing, Rosethorn? I'm doing great. How's the, the event been for you so far? Been a, a bit of a whirlwind, I'm sure?
5: Yeah, definitely. It's a... Uh... I'm learning a lot of things. Uh, not the start that I've been expecting, but uh, you know, I'm just came into this expecting to uh, learn a lot more about how to play the game, and that's what I'm doing. So that's what I'm. I'm grateful for that.
0: Yeah. So you're working with with coaches from two of the LCS teams, right?
5: Yeah, TSM and C9. Yeah.
0: How How has that experience been? Have that Have those coaches been like a a really different approach than you've been used to in the past? Or
5: um, definitely there was a lot of like new terminology that i'm not like used to so uh, this especially goes for like like macro concepts that uh like they have like a term for um in terms of drafting and like review i don't think there was anything like too different in terms of like the approach or like uh the style in which they reviewed it's just we look at some of like like the macro plays that we could have done better or like uh the setups for like an objective they could have done better or for me personally, it would have been like my pathing or like recall timers. So um, a lot of things that I've learned, but I think the process itself was still like pretty similar.
0: Is it tough when you're getting, you know, feedback from multiple coaches? Cause I'm sure each team has, you know, at least one, maybe two or even three people in there with you guys at a time. And you've got all these different people kind of trying to teach you stuff. And it's such an intense week. Is it tough to feel like you're actually like holding on to that and going to be able to remember it all?
5: I think it's nice that there are like a few perspectives to like 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 different opinions for like a certain uh, play or a question but generally like the the staff has been uh like like they had like the generally like same idea or agreement to like uh like a certain play so like it's nice that there are like these different perspectives but like it was it's also not like super confusing because usually they agree with each other as well
0: Cool. So you are on a team. You got picked into a team with Niles in the top lane, Captain Shrimp's mid lane, Andy Bendy and Otto in the bottom lane. Uh, have any of those guys, you know, like how well did you know them coming in and have any of them surprised you?
5: Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I recognize recognized Otto from 100 Thieves next and uh I I need uh, prior to this that Andy and Niles were in a collegiate and I know that Shrimps was playing in SGC as well, so I was like familiar with like the, their names, but I didn't know them personally. Um, I was really surprised with, I guess, like how much everyone in our team like talked, because like I, I would say that we're a team with like lots of big like, voices. And I was also uh, particularly impressed with how like Shrimps played. I I didn't realize how uh, like vocal and how good he was. So, that was a nice surprise.
0: So, your your spot in this team, you know, filling in, especially in this meta, the, you know, it's it's basically kind of a carry jungler trio with or, or yeah, with with a few different <laughs> elements thrown in there. How have you been feeling kind of playing in that? Do, do you feel that that fits well to what you like to do? Is it is it where you get to, to feel like you can shine?
5: It's definitely a play style that's relatively new to me. I although like, it, this meta's been around for, like, two months, three months now, so, like, I'm pretty well accustomed to it, but it's not, like, the playstyle that I initially, like, hit a high rank on. Um, I would say that, like, the other junglers here might have a little bit more experience on this kind of meta, but um, I, I think that's why I'm still, like, comfortable playing these champions because uh, because I've, I'm pretty accustomed to it. But at the same time, like, we were trying out strategies where... um. We would like try like you know seeing what other champions that like these other junglers could play when like these champions aren't like available. So, I think I have like a versatility now in terms of like what kind of like jungle I want to uh, like the jungle play style I want to play, but it's still definitely something that I'm working on.
0: If you could kind of dictate the meta to what you enjoy the most or what you're the most comfortable on, like what are the champions that you most enjoy playing when when the meta doesn't force you into something else? Yeah, so
5: like definitely like comfort would be like junglers that have like are generally more proactive around the map, like at least in Rek'Sai, But um, I would say that like honestly, like playing uh, scaling junglers that have a lot of that like get a lot of resources funneled in, like Graves and Nidalee. It, like that's also really fun too.
0: Cool. So coming into the event you mentioned kind of your goals were just to kind of learn as much as possible do you have any kind of hopes or goals about what might happen after the event you know where you might be able to land for 2021 what you might be able to achieve over the next 12 months
5: yeah for sure um definitely my goal is to try to get onto uh either a third tier tier three team or an academy team uh under an lcs org uh, for next split um hopefully i can achieve that um even after this, after scouting grounds.
0: How have you felt about your own level of play so far? Do you feel like you're you're working your right way towards that goal? Or uh you know, is there some things that, that you're hoping you'll be able to show a little more over the next couple of days?
5: Yeah, I think earlier on, like in the event, like especially in like the earlier matches, uh I was kind of underperforming, maybe because of nerves, but uh I think we're improving. Really well as a team now we're starting to play a lot better and become more cohesive so uh, i just hope i can show off the kind of aggression that i'm used to showing off in other like team games while also still being able to play controlled and uh smart with the map movements around the my team
0: great well best of luck working through the the rest of the event uh we're really looking forward to seeing uh, where you'll end up, you know, whether or not you get drafted at the end of the event and and, and wherever you land for 2021, we'll be cheering you on uh, with whatever team you're competing with. So, so good luck with that. Thank you. So I'm here with Spawn, the bot laner for Team Mountain. Uh, he's been playing at Scouting Grounds, uh, one of the very strong uh, group of uh, bot laners at this event. Uh, how have you been feeling about the event so far, Spawn?
6: Um, it's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, I think I've improved a lot from uh, the feedback, and uh, it's just been a fun environment.
0: Yeah, cool. I know something like this can probably be a little stressful. You condense a lot into just a few days, and especially when you're doing this remotely, instead of in past years, you know, they would have been able to bring everyone out to LA, but with COVID, you can't do that. What's it been like interacting with, you know, coaches from multiple teams all at the same time and trying to gather all that feedback from them?
6: Uh, I mean, at times, it can be a lot. Because you want to take everything in. So, you know, I try to take what uh, multiple teams are saying and try to bring it into my play without getting, like, um, too overwhelmed about it.
0: Yeah, no kidding. Do you, do you find it, it weighs on you at all, the the fact that, you know, you're working with these guys and they're, you know, potentially scouting you for LCS or academy spots and all that? You know, does, does that add some extra pressure to your play?
6: Um. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, you want to you know, play your best that you can. Uh, I, I guess like the first day was a lot more stressful, but as days have gone on, I felt more comfortable.
0: What's it been like working with the the set of teammates you got drafted in with? Is it a pretty good group of guys?
6: Uh, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, even though we've some matches, everyone's still, um, you know, cool headed. And we talk about the game afterwards. So I like mm-hmm. that.
0: Is there anyone in the group that is kind of especially keeping the mood light or kind of helping everybody feel more comfortable?
6: Um, I want to say it's like one person is more like just everyone together.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, you've been paired with with Plux in the bot lane. What's it been like playing with him? Had you ever played with him before? Maybe just come across each other in solo queue.
6: Uh, maybe a couple times in solo queue, but I mean, it's been fun. He's he's open to you know looking over, uh, like replays or talking about waves and, uh, yeah.
0: Cool. So how have you felt about your own performance so far? You know, the the team has been struggling a bit, you know, having, having a bit of trouble picking up some wins, but from what I'm seeing, you seem to be playing pretty well individually. Have you, have you felt good about your performance so far?
6: Um, I mean, I felt pretty good. Um, I just try to focus on, you know, certain like the basics but I think if I can uh, like look back on the play, I just try to make sure you know my waves are good and stuff. So I feel pretty good.
0: What are some of the specific things that you're focusing on the most or trying to, to learn maybe certain areas of your game that, that you see the, the best opportunity for improvement?
6: Uh, I would say communication for sure. Um, especially the coaches were helping me. With uh, like telling the team what I need or like when I need it or if I'm doing this, I have to tell them this. So,
0: yeah, I'm sure certain people have a more kind of naturally high energy communicative communicative type of personality, and you seem like a little bit more of a quiet, reserved guy. Is that is that feedback you've had in the past as well?
6: Uh, yeah. I mean, at times, yeah, I would agree. I would say so.
0: Is that just your personality in general, or is it something that you find, you know, coming into an event like this? You know, you have a little less competitive experience than I'd say than a lot of the other players of this event. Does that factor into your willingness to kind of raise your voice at all, or is it just that's just kind of who you are?
6: Um, kind of who I am. At first, you know, I don't want to. I was feeling like I don't want to tell people what to do. You know, I wanted them to play their game, but uh, you know, I'm confident in. My calls, what I need, but yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. So, <clears throat> there's a little bit of time left in the event. What would you consider? Like, did you come into this event with any specific goals of what you hoped to achieve, or what what we, you would consider a good outcome to, for the event?
6: Um, I think good outcome coming in was like I just want to play myself, or you know, play how I can play, prove myself uh and yeah i mean you know the, the goal is to get picked up play pro so we'll see how it goes
0: yeah well all the best i hope that uh you find yourself getting drafted in that in that top 10 group but if not you know there's still lots of opportunities to be talking to these teams uh you know landing either in academy or you know working your way through the amateur scene still so best of luck with all of that as you continue to work through the event uh and, and continue to uh, grow as a player thank you all right. So Pesty, let's let's continue the conversation. Let's talk about LCS off season because Oh baby. That's the uh, you know, the follow up topic. You know, you have one of the best parts of the year. You've got Scouting Grounds, it's so exciting. And then there's this little thing after, you know, just the dessert on top <laughs> of the great meal. Uh, right. LCS off season happens, a couple of players move teams, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of cool. It's a neat little thing. <laughs> it's cool. Wow. What an off season. And it is not over yet.
1: Uh man. this feels like the longest off season already, which it's been is like kind of a wild thing to days, say. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but usually feels like on day one, like everything happens, like the all the rumors circulate, and then almost always they're true. Mm-hmm. And then within, you know, twenty four to 30, 48 hours, everything's confirmed and like we're good. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's how off season feels like it works. Uh that is not how off season is working this year, apparently. No.
0: So it's Thursday november 19th free agency opened on monday uh and we have less settled now than we did two days ago so <laughs> <laughs> you know there was a lot of a lot of information out there uh there was a you know a big free agency show on free agency uh opening day um which uh, the evil geniuses organization came in and kind of helped save that show after espn esports shut things down uh, you know, so there was all of that, and actually a lot of things were settled out from that. There were still some holes. We didn't know what was going on with Golden Guardians, and, you know, we're still waiting to see on that. Um, there are some, some gaps in the Dignitas roster still. A couple other pieces here and there that, that you know, there's not a lot of information out. But then everything kind of shifted up a little bit uh, as it's been, you know, Jacob Wolf was reporting that the, the potential deal for TSM to sign Sword Art has is falling through due to like taxation issues and and things like that uh and that's putting the potential trade of tsm getting huni from evil geniuses and sending lost in exchange now they're saying hey we can't do this trade if we don't get sword art all these other complexities now we actually don't even know what tsm and evil geniuses rosters are going to look like man and those aren't even the biggest stories of the offseason so far what what have been the the biggest like the biggest moves to you that you've been most like interested in or excited
1: about um let me think. I think So I think biggest move and thing I'm most excited about are very different. I think if sure. you want to go to big moves, Golden Guardians getting blown off <laughs> is a pretty big one. Yeah. Uh and going to Hundred Days, which has now been confirmed. Uh yes. Man, it's hard to keep track of things I'm allowed to say sometimes. If That has been confirmed today, though. Uh, And then, like, Afari coming to TL, Santorin moving to TL, so TL doing their regular thing of buying the best players after the season ends Mm -hmm. continues, which is a lovely tradition we have. Um, So, you know, those are kind of like, and Licorice leaving Cloud9, which we knew ages ago, but now uh, he's rumored to be landing at FlyQuest, I believe. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet. FlyQuest did tease uh, something funny today. But yeah. their rumored roster seems really cool and I think they're playing into the rumors and I suspect that roster is going to be what everyone thinks it is.
0: Yeah, so like the what's been reported by, by Jacob Wolf and other sources is uh, is Licorice, Jose Diotto, uh, why am I blanking on a couple of the other pieces? Uh oh yeah, Palafox, uh
1: Johnson, and, oh, Johnson
0: yeah. and Diamond. And yep. yeah, the FlyQuest photo that they tweeted out, you guys can look it up on, on the FlyQuest Twitter. It's pretty funny. It's like a desk it's setup. Good. <laughs> and the the, yeah. the desktop background is a diamond. There's a like a, a box of, of licorice uh, on the top of the, <laughs> the shelf. Like, I don't know how they represented Ode- Jose Diodo or if they did at all. There's an Argentinian flag in the top left. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. Yeah, a couple of them I uh, couldn't quite tell. But you know, they have clues in there entirely and they're not leaking anything. No. <laughs> no they're just fun. showing
1: us a picture of their desk. Yeah. It's very wholesome. Very, very on brand for FlyQuest. Yeah. And then, um, and then so yeah.
0: wait until like wait until they release something and two of the players are different and they're like, look, the clues were in the photo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're just baiting us on other ones. Yeah, yeah so that was um, a pretty, pretty big deal. Uh and we're we're we are we have not even identified some of the other stuff yet. So G two has officially announced Perks is not gonna be with G2. He's next out of year. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of the Where is he gonna go? Yeah, all the Perks watch stuff has been from for a, a while now. They've been talking about, hey, he's going to go to cloud nine. That hasn't been officially confirmed yet. Nope. Um, so, you know, until it's actually announced on Twitter by the actual org, <laughs> it's not official yet. But, uh, you know, I, I'm. it's been pretty widely reported, uh, apparently. So like Travis Gafford was saying that, that he had some material shared with him about the cloud nine, like the $500 fan package. And there was like a clip of perks in that package somehow. Maybe that was some <laughs> kind of a troll. I'm not actually sure. That would be a
1: very Cloud9 thing to do. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, right? So, you know, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, that's a pretty big move. And I think that kind of sets the league up so far on paper to be mostly a two-horse race between Team Liquid and Cloud9. I think most people would agree. Do you do you feel that way? Do you feel there's a team that could break into those top two with them, assuming those rosters are the ones that actually happen?
1: No, On paper, though, it doesn't seem like any team is nearly as good as that team, right? Um, like, I would put a lot of faith in Golden Guardians but they're moving teams and they're changing top laners and like some days let's say an upgrade to Hauntzer but I think Hauntzer is also very very good so mm-hmm. it's not necessarily true that like with a change in infrastructure that team is uh, as good or better than it was before even though I think all the players on that roster are talented I think FlyQuest who have been a back-to-back finalist this year have a completely different team and even though I like their roster a lot it's actually probably the roster I'm most excited about because there are academy players moving onto that team Mm. which he will be really fun to follow and I uh, see them perform uh but like as far as like co- like pure on paper strength goes like TL are always going to be good and they seem to again found a way to buy more talent to get stronger and uh cloud roster was already ridiculous and now it's yeah like it's very hard to understate to understate how stupid Perks's career is stupid in a good way it's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's so good like it's, we yeah, he's so good,
0: yeah it's it's huge and we don't even we don't know what TSM and Evil Geniuses are gonna look like you know with all the other stuff going on there not knowing how it's all gonna shake out, but you know with the the rosters that were being reported as the potential rosters there you know might have been contenders into that top two, you know definitely top top four five I would say but now we don't actually know how those are gonna land whether they're gonna be able to compete. Uh, so yeah, I think it's it's pretty pretty safe to say Team Liquid and Cloud Nine are, are the front runners. Do you have a, a favorite between those two? Oh man,
1: it's whew. um, it's tough, right? Because like Cloud Nine losing Licorice is a huge deal, which is one of the reasons I think the rumored FlyQuest roster is so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, because Licorice is just such a strong player, and his teammates are. The whole team, like, again, Flagler's having to rebuild their back-to-back finalist team is, like, going to be a yeah. huge story in the offseason. I'm excited to track how they do. But, like, Fudge is an exceptionally good player, but he's very new. And typically, I have a lot of faith in Cloud9 rookies. But Reaper being gone from his team might mean things develop a little bit differently. Like, not to say that Rainover and Westrise and, I, th- yeah, Rapidstar unfortunately had to go do military service, I believe. So he's not yeah. with the team anymore, which sucks. But like, they still have the core of their co- coaching staff that have been trained by Reapid. And I have full faith in that that team to to build up their new players and continue to do the Cloud9 thing of being successful in the LCS while still developing talent. Mm. Um, and Fudge is an amazing player. like The best player not named King from Academy this year. Yeah. right? And we would have probably been more hype about King if he'd gotten to play two splits. And unfortunately, he didn't. Um, but Fudge picked up so much of the slack of that team just became its MVP when his team needed another carry as hard as their their old AD, um, and he's now like his career is ridiculous. By the way, like he's literally gone from Oce's Challenger yep. to LCS, and he's hopped every step. He's yep. like, oh, I was in Oceanic Challenger, now I'm in Oceanic Pro League, now I'm in Academy in North America, well, and now I'm in LCS in like every year, and he's going to Worlds too. So like don't every forget, year,
0: don't forget <laughs> that the the jump he made from Challenger to to uh, to OPL happened from spring to summer and after that summer he went to worlds with the team right yep like he he went to worlds then he came and won academy twice would here's something that that i'm not it might be a little too extreme but i would say that fudge actually was more impressive in spring than summer and was the mvp of summer does that yes (laughs) <laughs> like, that is true and and part of the reason that he didn't show off quite as much in summer is because he didn't have king in the bot lane to be kind of the the cross map counter or like pressure point and so he had to carry so much more of the load himself which is a heavy burden to bear right so it was harder for him to kind of show off and yet he carried that team so hard yeah like yeah that's anybody a- who's like a little iffy on whether cloud nine is gonna get a good player in fudge like don't doubt this guy at yeah. all.
1: And, and then they have their whole other team, and I got Perks, who is, yeah. I think, the best Western player of all time at this point. Like, certainly right now, he's the most successful and the best. So his expectations are huge, like maybe more pressure than any import has ever had coming to North yeah. America. But like, this is the kind of player that doesn't go anywhere or do anything not intending to absolutely crush face wherever he goes. And Niski was great when he was good, and I think he's going to have a great career still. Uh, rumored to be going back to LSE. I don't know if that's been confirmed yet or not. I have yeah, no I don't idea. Think it's pub- like, um, yeah, but that's, by that's what work. the that's what the grapevine says. But like Perks is just a better player, and I don't think anyone's <laughs> going to debate you on that. No. So, given how good Cloud Nine were already. Um, even if Fudge was is worse on Likrish, which I think coming in is a fair assessment, right? He's just not as good or not as known yet. Perk's more than makes up for any difference of yeah. Likrish leaving the top lane and adds so much firepower to a team. Like the only thing that might be weird is like he's moving countries at a yeah. weird time, playing with new teammates in a role he hasn't played in a little bit, right? Yeah. I don't think it's going to take him very long to adjust it's back been to been one Mendo, split, be and
0: He was really good in his split in mid and spring, so... Yeah yeah uh i think like the only the only place where you could say anything about like like perks isn't a big gain on niski is he costs a lot more like that's yep. it <laughs> so yeah that's something to be very excited about. i do think team liquid is going to be really great in their own right as well right like this was a team that that did really well uh even though i'd say they weren't getting as much value out of broxa as they hoped i think it definitely rounded into form more towards the end of the year but still like they they expected i think quite a bit better performance there and impact really solid top laner but not quite the same like dominance as what you're expecting to get from afari where he can just crush his lane opponents so much you know the the best laning top laner in the lec a lot of people would say just the best all-around top laner in the lec Mm -hmm. you're just getting a lot more like a lot more hands and skill out of him than you were seeing from impact where you might have a little less like veteranship or maybe leadership or, or or kind of things like that maybe a little less ability to kind of play without resources and kind of be the sacrificial lamb while the rest of the team succeeds, I'm not sure. But I'd say on paper, pretty much everybody would say Alfari is a big upgrade on impact, uh, which is no denigration to impact. Uh, where do you see this team kind of, like, do, do they, are they on even footing with C9? Are they half a step behind?
1: Do you think they I think just have
0: more all around?
1: It's really close they, well, I think if every player is playing, if every player is playing to the like the top of their ceiling, uh, I might say Cloud9's a little bit better. But I think going in, they're both very close. Hmm. Team Liquid might even be slightly ahead. I think their team's a little bit easier to figure out <laughs> how yeah. to p- succeed, especially early Pretty on in the split. <laughs> um, it is going to be a longer season, though, next year. So we'll see how that maybe impacts uh, how how the teams develop. but. Uh, like Alfaro is an absolute stud. Centaurin is like unrealistically good. Like again, Team Liquid did the thing where they just found the yep. best player and bought him, and now yep. he's on the Team Liquid. Congratulations. Um, Jensen's <laughs> still an absolute like monster. Like he was already amazing, and now Bjergsen retired. And yes, mm-hmm. Perks is very good, so I think a, you know, a worthy replacement for the power vacuum left by Bjergsen. But uh, Jensen is still an absolutely incredible player, and Tactical turned out to be among the yeah. best ADs in the region and quarter is probably still with the best support. So like uh, Team Liquid don't ever downgrade. They side or upgrade and they've continued to do that. So there's no reason to think this shouldn't be a good team.
0: Yeah, for sure. And so I think you, you do look at like 100 Thieves with the chance to contest that. Uh, you know, I think some things have to go right for 100 Thieves and probably some things have to go wrong for both Team Liquid and Cloud9 for that to happen. Uh, you have some question marks on how EG and TSM will shape up. I think FlyQuest would need to have a massive, like a really steep growth curve of how well they they improve over the course of the year, uh, and maybe it happens. Like you said, it's going to be a long year. Uh, you know, it, uh, based on what's kind of been uh, reported or rumored out that there's going to be kind of a whole year long season, and and if that if that does happen, then maybe by the end of it, uh, FlyQuest has had like like Pal Fox had a really really good growth curve towards the end of the year. Uh, Diamond has been around, and maybe he's ready to make a really big leap. Licorice is still very good, all these things. If if all of those pieces come together just right, maybe FlyQuest can get back. And we, we didn't certainly expect them, did not expect them to make two finals coming into 2020. So you yeah. never know what could happen with them. Uh, I think it's going to be an awesome LCS season, even though we don't know all of it yet. Uh, I think that the league as a whole has leveled up quite a bit. Uh, and sometimes we come into these off seasons and we say, you know, some of the teams got a little better some got a little worse i'm not you know you're scratching your head on some of the moves i think there's very relatively very little head scratching this time around right like there aren't a lot of moves you'd go "Uh, i don't know about that one there may be a couple things but it's more like i'm not sure like more like rather than boy i really don't like that they signed that player uh so from my perspective it seems like the lcs is is getting a lot stronger for sure i
1: think it's just continued to get better year over year and i think again like the teams that are investing in their talent is are finally seeing payoffs like we saw so much movement last this year of teams like moving academy players and just trying stuff and i think there will be more of that next year Again, with amateur and academy kind of marrying up in a lot of ways, like you're going to get exposed to more players. Like, you know, the thing that the internet complains about all the time where NA doesn't have any NA talent and like there's no chance to develop, like very clearly, right? I've heard that complaint and uh, slowly addressing it. Like, it's not a perfect fix, certainly, but there should be an improvement. I think as teams take their bench and their junior and their tier three teams more seriously, the better results they push out as an organization. And I think Cloud9 has proven that over the years. I think Golden Guardians and 100 Thieves have proven that. I think teams, as they pick up more talent and invest more in their, team, in their organizations, unsurprisingly, are having better results. So I think there's a good mix of very exciting imports and exciting newer players or players that maybe people aren't as familiar with. And then chuck in all the fact that a bunch of very talented OPL players became NA residents out of nowhere. <laughs> um, you have a very high-powered yeah. LCSN Academy. And with Amateur being mixed in there as well for even more NA talent development, there's no shortage of strong players. And I think the complaint that there isn't any NA talent comes from people that haven't never bothered to look what actually is out there. And if you actually looked at Amateur even this year, you would see that there's a lot of really promising, really a lot of promising players out there.
0: Yeah, and they're going they're going to need time to kind of grow into that promise, right? And hopefully they'll... They'll have the opportunity to do that. Uh, if you don't already watch a lot of Academy, hopefully the tournament structure that is coming into place will, will, you know, encourage you to, to watch it. Um, and I think it, it makes like tournament viewing is more fun. I think for fans than league view, um, you get to have the hype of, you know, best of three or best of five series. You get to have teams, you know, making a run to the finals and all that kind of stuff. It's just exciting. So I hope that draws a lot more fans in and gives them more exposure to the players who have been at this level. Cause you know, when I tell people, yeah, I watched everything in Academy in 2020 and I did weekly coverage and all that kind of stuff. The most common reaction I get is, "Oh, why'd you put yourself through that?" I'm like, "No, no, actually, it was. I really enjoyed it. You know, it, you you watch it with a different lens than you'd watch like LCS or LEC or Worlds or anything like that. You watch it from that lens. You get excited about who these players are and who they're becoming, and you watch their growth over the course of the year. And that's what I'm most excited about in 2020 is getting to see more of that growth. And I hope that you know, both as the players grow. And as the LCS grows and, and hopefully that these on-paper upgrades we're seeing, hopefully they actually come to fruition. And, and you know, a year from now, we're talking not about, oh, another rough year at Worlds for NA. Hopefully we're talking about some teams out of groups and maybe a quarterfinals wins and all that kind of stuff and, and, and leveling up. But I think we're, we're starting to see some things get set on the right track for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it's, as always, going to be a very exciting year for the LCS in 2021. And that's after a very exciting year this year. Which is very impressive given how many games had to be played from apartments. And
0: (laughs) And it's looking like that's gonna be the case again for at least a good portion of next year, if not the whole year. So
1: You You know, know? next decade. Just Yeah. That's it now. It's just our lives. I'm never leaving this apartment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope not. Oh man. My kids are growing up in the middle of this. It's so weird to hear my kids talk about this morning my five-year-old said something about oh do you remember that time we saw it was he was talking about like spiders or something we saw we saw a tarantula like in a box like a zoo kind of thing yeah, we yeah. Did it. it was a long time ago before the virus he says <laughs> yeah go, oh no your childhood 20 yeah. percent of your life has been spent like under the <laughs> under the COVID <laughs> restrictions this is rough anyways hopefully that doesn't uh, hold back you know i think esports has been weathering it fairly well at least the league of legends ecosystem i think some of these other sure, esports yeah. are really struggling with it which is
1: unfortunate but
0: um you know we'll deal with it we'll move on the best we can uh yeah, Pasture, you, you sign perks if you're not academy? confident oh, sorry
1: oh yeah i was gonna say like you don't sign perks if you're not confident in you know wanting to keep things going in na league uh regardless yeah. of whether or not it's in the arena or not like oh, clearly, sure. the teams are very much invested in performing yeah. well
0: yeah I was, I was gonna say are you gonna be casting a lot of academy again next year or are you gonna oh be... yeah
1: Awesome. Uh, so i don't know so here's a very small peek behind the curtain everyone uh, i have no idea what's happening next year i'm a full-time employee at riot i obviously i'm a commentator uh and i'm primarily working on na products which includes the lcs and academy um but i've really enjoyed helping like build out and grow and commentate academy this year and i would be shocked if i wasn't asked to be a part if not a major part of coverage for that next year so uh if they ask me, I will say yes. I'm almost certain they'd ask me, and I'm very excited to cover uh, plenty of LCS and Academy next year.
0: Very cool. Yeah, production on Academy is definitely ramped up year to year as well. Like as they they didn't used to cast every game, and now they do Academy Rush to at least have them on screen in some ways and so on. You know, it would be interesting to see whether that comes back for next year or maybe some other experiment with the format. But uh, you know, uh, it's it's great to see that that Academy is being pushed out to the audience, and and again, I hope people really engage with it and and do well. So. Uh, anything you wanted to leave the audience with pastry? They can, they can follow you at Pastry Time on Twitter. Uh, anywhere else, can. people can kind of find you and interact.
1: Catch my Instagram, The Real Pastry Time, if you're interested in that kind of thing. Uh, otherwise, I'm super active on Twitter. That's the best place to catch me. Otherwise, uh, stop complaining to me about lack of any talent. That's my number one ask. Uh, I've decided that. Uh, I'm sick of not voicing my opinions, even if they're sometimes a bit strong. There was that Reddit thread recently about like, oh, NA is in a full import league. And I just went off on Twitter being like, hey, that's not true. Yeah. Uh, yes, NA is a very import heavy league. No one is debating that. And certainly, that will likely be the case for the lifetime of this league. So ideally, after I'm long gone from here. Um, but I think make the conversation less about like either extreme and actually look at what's happening, because if you do, you'll see there's a lot of very promising, very exciting League of Legends being played just in North America. So part of my job has felt like bringing the lesser known players more to the forefront of the different leagues they're playing in. And with the changes to Academy and Amateur next year and LCS on top of that, I'm excited to continue doing that and talking about players that maybe wouldn't get a shot otherwise.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening. You can support the TrueSight podcast at patreon.com slash Elixir. You can subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or at anchor.fm slash TrueSight. Uh, and make sure you check out the Oracle's Elixir Discord server and hang out with us there. Uh, we love to talk through data science and also uh, League of Legends Esports news and, and other things like that. So links for all these things will be in the show notes as well as for Pastry Socials uh, and for the Scouting Grounds coverage, the Mobalytics power rankings we did together and all of those things. Uh, Thanks again for listening. Catch you again next time.